Hello, Avalor. Welcome back to another episode of The Magic Within, your podcast resource for all things Elena of Avalor. We come to you tonight live from our Elena of Avalor Discord server, and have we got a great podcast for you. We're going to be discussing the most recent episode, Two Left Fins, a character spotlight on the most handsome side in a Marzell, a comparison between the previous Royal Retreat versus the new Royal Retreat, an Elena of Avalor guest voice list, and where you may have heard the character's voices from before, and a name analysis. So stay tuned as we have an amazing episode. Oh, that reminds me, before we kick things off, I just want to bring up the most recent Annie Awards outcomes. And even though Elena of Avalor didn't win for their amazing song and the beautiful song of the Sardiners, all of the crew won in our eyes. Yes. So thank you so much for doing what you guys do. You have stolen the hearts of millions of viewers. Hashtag Elite Elena Win 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yes. You can do it, group. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Joining me in our discussions tonight are our podcast princesses. Hi, everyone. It's Chrissy from New Zealand. Hi, I'm Jenny from Southern California. Hi, I'm Amelia from Oregon. Hello, I'm Georgia from Greece. And I'm Becky, coming to you from Germany. Woohoo! Thank you, girls. Okay, all I can say is, wow, what a funny, sweet, adventurous, and inspired episode Two Left Fins was. And how could I not mention Prince Royce's gorgeous vocals in that beautiful song? Let's start off the podcast tonight by jumping in and giving a quick overview on the new episode. Becky, take it away. Thanks, Chrissy. So really, we're going to go through the whole episode in our highlights, but I really wanted to just point out the timing of the episode. So at the very beginning of the episode it it looks like two left fins has elena back in nueva vista like does this girl ever like go home or does just like perpetual <laughs> vacation <laughs> but thanks to one line that elena said to marzella about how he only started walking last week we believe that this episode probably should have aired sometime between tides of change and el capitan it could be after El Capitan, but personally, I think that Marzell's mastery of his feet seems a little bit better in that episode than this. That's yeah, true. true. Mm-hmm. And, and also, it's definitely said before, um, you know, snow plays like home. <laughs> yeah. It's a more winter episode. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, so at the beginning of the episode, you like see all the sirenas and humans interacting on the beach together. And so it looks like peace has truly settled between them. And you can tell that some of them are still a bit wary, but they're all just trying to get along. And I seem it, it looks like they're enjoying it, actually. It looked like they really like getting to know each other and their different cultures and stuff. So I thought that was a pretty cool way to start it off. Mm-hmm. Oh. Then we see Marcel come out of the ocean and introduce himself to the fangirls. And oh, how I can relate. <laughs> come on, if Marcel commented on my earrings, I too would fall off that rock. <laughs> Our sweet prince hasn't mastered the art of walking, which is making him a tad bit clumsy. The poor guy is just a bit embarrassed. Uh, But after Elena's little mini pep talk or whatever, I just thought it was so cute how Marzell was geeking out over the horse and carriage. Like, you could just see the thrill of discovery in his eyes, and he didn't really know what a horse was or what the wheels were. It was really cute. And really, like, let's just stick a fork in his hair and call him Ariel. (laughs) (laughs) So, as a lovely million mentioned before, uh, true peace has settled between humans and sirenas, and that cannot be more indicated by the fact that Elena invites uh, King Pescoro to the retreat 
though sadly he can't attend because well he kind of broke his tail <laughs> strained <laughs> Poor guy. i can't help but wonder what kind of accommodations they would have made for him if he had gone on the retreat you know like how would that have worked i was literally thinking that the first part of that episode <laughs> like would he have like a big like bucket of water he'd be sitting in or would they all meet on the beach or <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing, actually. <laughs> he get carried around yeah, in a water litter. It is. <laughs> King Pescoro's bathtub. <laughs> Ooh, the royal bathtub. <laughs> that gets carried around wherever they go. Sorry. Awesome. <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> so the amazing thing is that not only do they trust uh, Marcel to take care of the retreat in Pescoro's place, but Marisa is such a mother hen. See definitely is all over the idea of her brother uh, doing something so important. <laughs> and Elena is too. Uh, mm. So it's like seeing Elena are twins or something. Right. <laughs> and I thought she was so like mother hen like when she was just like, but dad, you need to rest. Like <laughs> he wouldn't take care of himself. True. It's kind of the way Elena was with her abuelo the other day. Yeah, they're so alike. Like more episodes to spend together. They just are mirroring each other in some way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> and then, of course, we see Marzal have a mini freak out about showing the other rules that he is worthy enough to be accepted, <laughs> which leads us into the part of their world, Little Mermaid, Elena of Avril version of that song. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how the EOA team incorporate other Disney movie quotes, just like the one, um, also one of my favorites from Wizard in Training. That was, did you want to build a snowman? <laughs> Very creative team. Okay, moving back into the episode, we see Marzal transitioning from who he is a lovely sirena, swimming in the water with Kuko, and then jumping up on land, still learning the ropes of walking, and life above the water to a fancy ruler with his new attire. The fact that Marzal still opens the door for the villagers like a gentleman shows that he has a beautiful heart and he's just wanting to fit in throughout the song. I love this song and Prince Royce is a very talented singer. And I also love the lyrics. Eloquently and elegantly, surf and turf, the royal man. Such a sweet and beautiful song. The writers of the show and especially the songs put so much thought into them. It's such a joy to listen to them and watch them come to life. After that beautiful song, we see Marcel spring onto the screen in a horse-drawn carriage with a whole new look. Fancy clothes. A fancy accent reminded me of Pocahontas too when she traded in her tribe attire for a fancy ball gown, trying to show everyone that she is wanting to be like them. Marzella is wanting to be fancy to fit in to show everyone that he can be a ruler. His fancy attire is very similar to Alonzo's with the colours, the ruffles and the whole feel of the outfit. Minus the hat. <laughs> oh, that hat. It's <laughs> <an> awful hat. <laughs> well, to be honest, Alonzo is the fanciest prince we've met so far. <laughs> True um, that. <laughs> Marzell should be called Fancy Marzell Clancy from this quote. <laughs> <laughs> and on land, I walk on these appendages. That's fancy for legs. <laughs> oh, honey, oh, and Melina is great line. so not impressed. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> All right, so it's time for our new fancy Prince Marcel to meet the kings, which are none other than the kings we already met in the previous royal retreat, their first appearance in season two, and actually the second appearance in the whole show. Uh, so we got King Raja of Napurna, uh, King Lars of Marswick, and King Joaquin of Carissa. I thought it was really interesting how all of these kings showed up in their like royal 
outfits, you know, very nice jackets and, and, um, sashes and things like that. And then Elena's like hanging out in her jeans and t-shirt. Well, this is a teen, so this has got some leeway. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, the Royal jeans and t-shirt. This is true. (laughs) This is true. I just thought it was a good, uh, (laughs) comparison between Elena, you know, being herself and Marzell not. Oh, that's a great point. And obviously these Kings don't care. (laughs) They're way more chill than they look. I really love Elena's adventure outfit. Like I would wear that 24 seven if I had it. Oh, absolutely. It's so cute. And it looks really comfortable too. And those skinny jeans. Oh my goodness. (laughs) girl who said skinny jeans are comfortable (laughs) we cannot agree on that elena is just making a statement she sure is so i the king's favorite activities they were very athletic i thought that was really fun i mean we have horseback riding ola ball rock climbing and can we just take a moment to talk about how raja is like a ninja (laughs) (laughs) sprightly for such a little guy it was hilarious i really <laughs> just lo- like he got off the boat like doing a hand spray <laughs> yeah and then king lars is probably even clumsier than marzel so i thought that was like really interesting too and then poor Mars, these crazy activities he just he gets so discouraged and like honestly i would too especially after seeing raja climb those rocks like that is just so <laughs> daunting in the first place <laughs> someone who, like never walks on land like i would just quit right there but he still he still wants to try and so he perseveres and then when he kind of fails elena has a different idea and says that he should bring them all to his kingdom and so kelp shirts for everyone you get a kelp shirt you get a kelp shirt everyone gets a kelp shirt (laughs) right (laughs) that's like a meme in the making (laughs) yeah it's it's very fitting. It is. <laughs> so um, we see the kings underwater in um, in Coronado, and they are so impressed. And you just have to love how very um, King Joaquin is just a really nice guy. I just you know your castle is probably the most beautiful I've ever seen. Um, he just knows how to make people feel comfortable. And you can see that Marzell is like finally calming down and he's in his element. But just one moment and that social anxiety takes over and he panics, which I find a little relatable. (laughs) It's really relatable. Right? They got that down. (laughs) Yes. And so when he like jumps back into his fancy voice, he's like, hey, if you think that's great, let's go to this, you know, forbidden magical kelp forest and play crack the whip. What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) Oh, yeah. They get tangled up and get turned into serenas. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) You mean a sirena? How cool is that? If only, you know, you got colorful hair and jewelry too. That would be awesome. (laughs) Right. I was hoping to say Elena is a sirena. (laughs) I know, right? It would be cool to see her design, but she had to go be all, like, reasonable and, you know, not join in the fun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Elena, so mature. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So eventually they find out that there's a way to turn them back. And apparently it's a surprise magical flower solution, <laughs> which is actually the second time we find a magical flower solution. Mm-hmm. Like, remember back in Island of Youth? Yeah. yeah it, <laughs> it makes sense they need uh, a fast solution so that they can allow Marzel, Marzel to learn his lesson and grow as a leader. But also letting the king stay as Tyrannus wasn't really an option considering they have, you know, their own kingdoms to rule. <laughs> um, well, and the other available uh, solutions wouldn't lead to Marzel fixing the problem himself. So he had to give it his best, trying out something that he learned throughout the day be himself. It was a great message all around. Yeah, and then also in order to help Marzel, like... Because when he hears that the flower is so far away, he kind of gets a bit discouraged. And honestly, I probably would be too. But Elena gives the best pep talks, in my opinion, because she is able to encourage him and help him just not give up and tell him he got to keep going. And that, like, really, like, encourages him. And he Mm -hmm. decides that he's going to try it. And he starts thinking about what he should do. And that's when he comes up with the underwater carriage. Yes. Oh, yes. It was such a clever idea. And she's just so inspirational, man. But I just have to say... She's the mom friend. She is the mom (laughs) friend. That's why we all love her. It's so true. Yeah. And so... You know, he's inspired and he figures out a way to get to where they need to go faster. And can we just like all agree that that was probably the day that high speed underwater carriage racing was born in Coronado? <laughs> Alonzo, he'll come down. He likes chariot racing. <laughs> I would watch that over Super Bowl. <laughs> right? Same. Oh, you know, with chips and everything. <laughs> oh, kelp tacos! With kelp tacos! <laughs> Anything. Yes. So then it's a race against time and Marzale. Elena and the crew have to find this magical flower, which actually ends up being way out of reach on a beautiful island with a waterfall. (laughs) Doesn't that sound really familiar? It sounds really familiar. (laughs) Oh, God. It's too bad Mateo wasn't there. (laughs) Too bad we don't have a tamarita. (laughs) Right? Or Or a royal wizard. It's an island of so easy. vibes here. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Right? Enter the royal wizard. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but I was totally getting like the island of youth um, vibes yes, there. <laughs> exactly. I, I felt the same way the first time I saw it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> clever, clever. Mm-hmm. Um, nice throwback. <laughs> yeah. So Elena tries to, you know, handle itself, you know, save... Marzell from having to do it you know he has been kind of clumsy this episode poor guy <laughs> and um she manages to hurt well not manages god that's awful uh, well you know she- <laughs> the shoe fits <laughs> <laughs> she always manages to do something our dear little Elena um <laughs> she hurts her ankle yeah and you know it's up it turns out it is up to Marzell to you know overcome his fears and save the day so he does just that you know he jumps into action he manages with um shoot what's his name um King Raja Pause. King Raja I was gonna say King Raj but I was like that's Wait, close that his nickname? okay <laughs> the Rajanator yeah <laughs> should I say that <laughs> oh my god I'm gonna do it okay so with <laughs> With the help of the Rajanator. <laughs> I think that's a Hectorism. Oh, 
bad it is. I probably shouldn't use that one. Okay. It's funny. Okay, with the help of King Raja, he's able to get up the cliff and retrieve the flower. Basically save the day. Woo-hoo. Go, Marcel. Go, Marcel. <laughs> yeah, and so the kings are, like, extremely happy, too, which makes sense. And so they're kind of, like, they're just basically big goofballs because their dancing skills are... I feel like everyone on this show has like crazy dancing, and honestly, it's great. Never forget, <laughs> even Elena. They all do. We got Esteban, Elena, Mateo. We got a yes. whole bunch of people. But anyway, this is why Marcel has nothing to worry about in the first place because, in reality, they are bigger dorks than he is. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> It proves he shouldn't have worried in the first place because they were very accepting and all. So in the end, not only does he save the day, but once he makes it back to his father, he realizes he's actually he's actually made his father proud. And um, I just have to say, like, this isn't the first time Elena Bavlor has managed to get us really teary-eyed over, mm-hmm. like, a parent-child moment. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> Hits I know. you right in the feels. It did. And, like, I think the more recent one was... Alonzo with his father in lava story like yes. like I remember that just being like oh and the father called him Miho <laughs> yes oh that was so sweet so <sighs> sweet you guys are just gonna make us like a bunch of crying moms over right here. thanks a lot you know <laughs> crying over a kid's cartoon <laughs> so Marzell learned his lesson he made his family proud and he is actually, uh, next time we see him, he's having fun with the kings. He gives suggestions for activities for day two. They're actually going for day two after this. <laughs> and dire. Yeah, it's it's great. So everyone plays discus and they seem to have fun. And Marzell is actually getting even more adjusted to, to his legs and all. I have to say that King Lars makes a really good point. Um, I like how he said, I'm not good at the game either, but I still love to play. And I just think, you know, that's a good lesson for everyone, especially for kids, you know, like who might get caught up in like the perfectionism of things. But it's it's more about having fun than anything else. Absolutely. And of course, to wrap things up, moral of the story, be yourself always. <laughs> yes. Unless okay, you can be a Serena, girls. then you should be a Serena. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. What were your favorite parts? Hmm. Mine have to be, I have two actually. I am always just so impressed by the level of animation of the Elena of Avalor team. You know, they can accomplish so much. Like, especially this episode with the colors of the clothing, the building, the underwater palace with the coral, just to name a few, just so bright. And the details on the clothing, right down to the bows on the bottom of Marzell's fancy pants. <laughs> and of course, that wall of bubbles and just the like random bubbles in the water you know i'm always in so much awe with their creativity and execution it just brings such an enjoyment to watch mm-hmm. and my second favorite part of this episode was marzell's song you know prince royce's vocals are just a pleasure to listen to the song itself was just so inspired i could really feel the emotional of a torn marzell you know proving his worth mm-hmm. they're just beautiful lyrics and such an overall beautiful song okay mm-hmm. jenny what about you so the song was my favorite part. Prince Royce already has like a huge chunk of my playlist even before he joined Elena Babalor. But the song is very touching and dare I say reminiscent of the Little Mermaid's part of your world, <laughs> which by the way was like totally my favorite movie growing up right. <laughs> when I was like four. Right, same here. <laughs> um, but seeing the animation and the movements and just the overall just aesthetic of the song, you know, it just made me, you know, totally enjoy it the most. 
Oh, that's awesome, Jenny. Okay, what about you, Amelia? All right, so I kind of had two favorite parts as well. The first being just Marzell and his crazy accent and behavior to try to impress the other kings, which to me was both hilarious and also totally, totally embarrassing for poor Marzell. Like, I was experiencing secondhand embarrassment on his part the whole <laughs> time. Same. <laughs> yes. I just, I kept cringing, but it was also just hilarious. And then probably my other favorite part is at the end, I guess, and kind of the beginning too. And just seeing the Sirenas and the humans getting along so well and proving that peace between them is possible and overall a really good thing. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Aww. All right, Georgia, what about you? Well, considering that you pretty much have summed up the best um, parts of the episode, I think one of the things that I love about this one is that it's obviously a more lighthearted episode. It seems like we're going to continue on with a bit um, more emotional episodes and more plot-driven ones or where, you know, they're leading up to a finale. So it was nice to return back to Coronado and Nueva Vista for just, you know, this fun adventure mm-hmm. with Marcel and and his family. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was, yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, Vicky, what about you? I have to say that my favorite part was the visiting kings in general. Like, I really like these three goofballs. <laughs> like, they're just such nice guys. And I love how kind and compassionate they are, how they just sort of roll with the punches. They're super flexible. They don't get all, like uptight or whatever about all the changes or you know and they're really welcoming to Marzell though I have to say um King Raja was so cute with his whole like oh my god they're gonna sink our ships because that was kind of his line back in royal retreat so (laughs) but and we see just a little bit more like development of their characters so we have a little bit more depth to who they were which is kind of cool because we haven't seen them since early on in season one so speaking of them, um, before we move on, I wanted to talk about the fun parallels that I noticed between Elena's experience back in Royal Retreat and now. And I kind of, I think it's really interesting that we can compare Elena now to Hector then, but we could also compare Elena then to Marzell now. So starting with Marzell versus Elena as, you know, the new guy in town, um, it was interesting how both were intimidated by the prospect of fitting in with the new kings, um, though clearly Elena less so than Marcel. Both tried to impress the kings with a grand entrance. Um, so Elena wanted to fly in on her fancy Jacqueline. <laughs> well, oh, she she didn't call him fancy, but he he said, "I am one fancy Jacqueline," which I thought was super cute. <laughs> but. One area where they differed was that Marzell's first instinct is to change everything about who he was, while Elena, though nervous and trying to fit in, fundamentally stays true to herself. Um, Though I do think it's worth noting that Marzell never really um, changed who he was, like, morally, I guess. Like, you know, he didn't make any, like, you know, do anything bad. He just tried to change the essence of who he was as far as like being a Serena and trying to be human. Like more physically. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Exactly. But like, he didn't make any like awful, like, Oh, I can't even think of a good example. So I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> anyway. I'll give you my voice. So I can call <laughs> in. 
Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So then moving on to Hector versus Elena as the host of the retreat, anyone here, um, and maybe this is just like an American 80s thing, I don't know, but does anyone here remember the Goofus and Gallant comics in the Highlights magazine? Or am I like revealing my age? (laughs) (laughs) so so when i was a kid like my favorite mag my favorite thing about going to the doctor's office or the dentist or whatever were these magazines there were highlights magazines and they they were for kids and um inside them were these little bitty comics and they had goofus and gallant and it was basically like um an illustration of the right way to do things in the wrong way and usually it was like manners so anyway i just thought that hector versus- for Bittman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah something like that <laughs> i fi- i thought that hector versus elena kind of um really was like goofus and gallant so so here's a few of those moments that really stuck out to me hector is a bully who makes his guests feel inferior while elena is warm and welcoming hector insists on doing everything his way while elena is flexible and willing to accommodate her guests hector makes jokes at others expense while elena is concerned about making sure her guests feel welcome hector insists everyone play his favorite game while elena arranges for everyone to enjoy their favorite hobbies together I swear this could make like a kid's book right here. <laughs> True. Hector it's all o- about morals. It is. Hector only wants to talk about himself while Elena wants to share ideas about how to serve others. And there you have it, folks. Goofus and Gallant, the Elena Vavilor edition. <laughs> I could buy a newspaper for that. Just, just for that. Just for the comic strip. Right? It sounds amazing. I think I see an edit project in, in, the fut- in my near future. sounds like a promise right (laughs) oh my goodness wow becky that was amazing i also think that the kings much rather enjoyed elena's version of the royal retreat as you can see them really come into their own (laughs) okay let's move on to the man slash sirena of the hour mr marzell himself take it away amelia all right so since we're going to talk about our favorite sirena prince it seems only fitting that we first bring up just how much we've gone to see more of Marcel's overall character in these last few episodes in Song of Serena's. So I don't know about anyone else, but my first impression of Marcel was that, compared to his sister Marissa, he was kind of the more responsible, level-headed one of the two, and had a tendency to stick to the rules and was always getting after her for breaking them. Though, as exasperated as he was with his sister for most of the movie, he often ended up going with her plans just so that he could protect her and keep her from getting into any more trouble. Yet, come two left fins and we see a different side of Marzell. One is that is much more carefree and curious than the previous version of him that we've seen previously. I think that once the humans and Serena's made the alliance and, and now live in peace... Marzell was able to let his guard down around the humans and things concerning them. And in reality, I think he's just as inquisitive and fascinated with humans as Marissa is. I agree, because if you remember in Return of Al Capitan, it was Marzell who just kind of randomly came to Sor to hang out uh, to hang out for fun and was trying out his legs and exploring the land uh, before eventually returning back to his home. Yeah, and then... In this one, we see him being all interested in how to play discus, and he's completely captivated with the horses and the carriages they're pulling, and Mm -hmm. you can tell he enjoys learning about human culture and other activities. 
Right? I feel like he's almost like a little kid in a candy store, just kind of overwhelmed and wanting a taste of everything. (laughs) That's actually probably fairly accurate. But then when Elena invites him to attend the royal retreat, we see yet another side of Marcel that hasn't been shown to us yet. And suddenly his curiosity seems to transform into worry, as he thinks the other kings will only care about his human side. And he believes he needs to be uh, a real human to prove himself as a true royal. And so we get to see him sing his beautiful song, Most Royal Man, where he struggles with how he should act and copes by going on a shopping spree. But then that leads us to the outrageous outfit and phony accents. (laughs) And we see that Marzell will stop at nothing, certainly not his dignity, to try and prove that he is a worthy prince and that the Serenas are represented well through him. Mm-hmm. You know, it was almost painful to watch Marzell like pretending to be someone he wasn't. I mean, we all knew it was fake, but the other kings were probably so confused. Like, they tried to be nice and understanding in spite of the crazy, odd tactics Marzell was using. <laughs> yeah, but they were probably still so confused, but right? I kind of cringe, to be <laughs> honest. I think in all, like, overall, though, it was necessary for Marzell to go through all of that and make all the mistakes that he did because he seems like the type of person who learns through firsthand experience and if he hadn't done any of those things he would have probably never realized the importance of being true to himself and that he didn't have to be super pompous and regal to be accepted by the other kings Mm -hmm. and i think this lesson he learned will help him become a better leader in the future too as he now knows not to let his want for acceptance cloud his judgment about what's best for everyone around him so yeah, I'm not sure what episode Marzell's going to be in next, but whenever it is, I'm already looking forward to it because he has yeah. such a good character and I can't wait to see more of him. Ah, I just love his character so much. From the character design, his personality, and his voice, amazing. Okay, moving on to a segment that I thought might interest you all as much as it did me is the Elena of Avalor guest voice actors. I want to run through a list of some of the amazing talent on the show. Listen along and see if you recognize any of these voices. First up is Jiku, the Noblin leader, who is played by Lucas Grabiel, better known as Ryan Evans, Sharpay's twin brother from High School Musical, or Deputy from Sheriff Kelly. He's traveling over the whole Wild West giving super shiny deputy stars. Next up is King Toshi. He is voiced by George Take. Oh my. Who is the one and the only Sulu from Star Trek. And of, of course, course, how can I forget his brother Soji, voiced by James Say. If you're an avatar of the last Airbender fan, he is the not my cabbage guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, my cabbages. Seriously? Right? The best guy. A legend. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Fierro, Fierro, Fierro. He is voiced by an amazing voice actor, Hector Elizondo. He was the famous Joe, the right-hand man to the Queen and Mia Thermopolis in Princess Diaries. You can call me Joe. Also, another Avatar Last Airbender fan, he also voiced Wan Shitong, Spirit Owl in the library. Hmm. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Okay, that brings us to gorgeous Prince Too Charming, Mr. Alonzo. He is voiced by the handsome Tyler Posey, who of course is Mr. Teen Wool himself. Everything in my life is somehow perfect. Why are you trying to ruin it? Mm. Ooh. One of my favorite voice actors whose voice 
Professor Mendoza as Grey Griffin, who is Miss Daphne Blake from Scooby-Doo. Well, jeepers, Professor, where do you think the ghost might be hiding? Again, with Avatar, <laughs> she is Azula, which oh. I thought was so cool. Oh my gosh. I know. How could I forget? She I just, is Vicky. From... I just watched the episode where she was introduced last night. Now I'm going to have to listen more closely. Yes, it's amazing. <laughs> she does a really, really good job of portraying that actor too. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's a great voice actress. <laughs> Absolutely. And how can I forget, she's also Vicky from Fairly Odd Parents. And just a little quick one, she also voices the spirit squirrel or chipmunk oh <laughs> for you not New Zealanders <laughs> and spirit monkey business. <laughs> okay, moving Aww. on to one of the most memorable kings for all the wrong reasons is King Hector, voiced by literally one of the kings of voice acting, Jess Harnell, who has voiced so many of our beloved cartoons. Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, Ironhide from Transformers, Chili from Doc McStuffins, Marlin from the Finding Nemo game, and also Chief Zephyr from Elena. And, oh my goodness, get this, guys. He's Cedric from Sophia the First. And now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to retreat to my workshop to cry. That was crazy. No way. It's a great character. Uh, I so know. I love, he, I love that he voices Zephyr, too. That's so crazy. Yeah. And he makes it all sound so different. It's very... um. That's that's a lot of talent. Good Huge lot of talent. Absolutely. And, and singing too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Speaking of kings, how can we forget about the other royal kings in the royal retreat? King Joaquin, voiced by Echo Cullum, who is Curtis Holt, Mr. Terrific from Arrow. Green Arrow showed up right about the time that you came back at the time. King Raja, who is voiced by Asif Mandivi, who also voices the pirate pharaoh from Jake and the Neverland Pirates, as well as Commander Zhao from the live version of Avatar The Last Airbenders. We could show the world the true strength of fire. Okay, Oasis, I think we get that you guys like Avatar, but the thing is, we love it too, so keep them coming. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. And last but not least of our kings is King Lars. Okay, guys, can you please hold on to your chairs because this clumsy King Lars is voiced by Jeff Bennett. Okay, he's also no stranger to voice acting. He is Johnny... Freaking bravo, right? <laughs> ah, oh my goodness. What? Hello, 911 emergency. There's a handsome guy in my house. Oh, wait a second, cancel that. It's only me. King Lars is Johnny Bravo. Even oh, yeah, he's also a veteran voice actor. <laughs> I know. And also speaking of Jake and the Neverland Pirates, Mr. Bennett also voices Mr. Smee and Bone. Okay, Ooh. moving down the list, we have our lady, oh, Miss Orizaba. Yay! Eden Espinosa, she also voices Cassandra in the Tangled the series. Okay, in my defense, no one's life was really threatened until you showed up. I'll never hear her the same way now. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right? Okay, because I love Marvel, I love everything Marvel, I was so super excited that Grant George, who voices Troyo, who he also voices Scott Lang, aka Ant-Man, in the Marvel animated TV series, Avengers Assemble and the Ultimate Spider-Man. For the next demonstration, I'll need a volunteer. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Oh yes, Kakuwate. I love Kakuwate. He is amazing. <laughs> he is voiced by Richard Kind, who also voices Bing Bong from Inside Out. Oh, uh, I was I was looking for um diversion. What? <laughs> so long, sucker. 
And if you rewatch that, you can definitely tell that it's a little bit of a hint of kakawase on there. <laughs> Whoa! I, 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 I never noticed that. I know. And also, well, if you guys love my reality. Pizza, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you guys love Pixar movies, he's appeared in quite a few of them, like The Van and Cars. Bookworm and Toy Story, and Malt and Bug's Life. Nice. Okay, moving on to the Sunbird Oracle, Mr. Kitamo's Richard Cheech Marin, who also voices Raymon in Cars, and Uncle Felix from Spy Kids. Well, welcome back, Junie. It says here you are reinstated. Sure does. Nice. Yes. Great voice. <laughs> Spy Kids represent mm-hmm. back in the day. Yes. My entire childhood. <laughs> right? Same. Oh la la la, Antonio Gama, voiced by one of the most famous Mexican actors, Mr. Danny Trejo, who is Mr. Machite himself, as well as Rosa Diaz's dad in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, <laughs> as well as Uncle Machite, also from Spy Kids. Cell phone, internet access, satellite TV, you name it. Had baby will do everything but tell you what time it is. All the Spy Kids want so much Spy Kids. Spy Kids. Avatar and Spy Kids. <laughs> Okay, guys, oh my gosh, I fell off my chair when I found out the next voice actor for Captain Chaloya, aka Kari Payton, was King Ezekiel from Walking Dead. It pleases me to see you up and about, Carol. I am King Ezekiel. Oh my gosh. I know. I was listening to that voice and I was just like, you sound so familiar. Where have I heard you from? And lo and behold, King Ezekiel. Nice. (laughs) Okay, Amalai, oh my goodness, my favourite OG royal wizard. She is voiced by the beautiful Genesis Rodriguez, who also voices Honey Lemon from Big Hero 6. 400 pounds of it. Come here, come here, come here, come here. You're going to love this. And Perfuma on she Princess of Power, with Amy Carrero. Nice. No way. Hey. <laughs> One of our favourite princesses, Princess Valentina, is voiced by Chrissy Fit. Gorgeous name, by the way. But <laughs> though I'm a bit biased. <laughs> Just a little Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs> she is also Flo from Pitch Perfect and Chi Chi from Beach Movie 1 and 2. It's always good to have an extra body. Just in case one of us gets kidnapped for ransom. Okay. Beach Movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? One of our new favourite Jacqueline's. Dulce is voiced by the lovely Rosa Perez. Rosie is also Chell from Road to El Dorado. So when you guys are ready to go back to wherever you came from. Another one of our childhood memories. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yes. And oh my god. We gosh, got so guys. many guest actors. I can't believe that. <laughs> They're so talented. Okay, guys, I think we can all fangirl Tomiko. Her voice actress, Kimiko Glenn, is actually Penny Parker and the new Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse movie. My name is Penny Parker. How awesome is that? Absolutely. That is so amazing. Right? Absolutely she, <laughs> yes. And also she voices Lena in the new DuckTales TV series and has a beautiful singing voice too. Yeah, she's been in Broadway. Oh, wow. Yeah, in in Waitress, the musical. She (gasps) plays a character named Dawn and she has her own uh, number. And this is just as cute as it sounds when she voices Tomiko. This is really amazing. You heard it first. We would love a Tomiko single (laughs) coming our way. (laughs) Yay. Okay. Our lovely Sardina twins, Marisa and Marzell, also has some very famous voice actors. Gina Rodriguez is Miss Carmen San Diego. You can call me Carmen. 
in the new Netflix TV series, as well as Kolka from Smallfoot and Jane from Jane the Virgin. Oh, mamma mia. Prince Royce, a.k.a. Marzal, he is a famous singer. Within seconds you stole my attention. Check out his songs. They are beautiful, especially My Angel from the movie Fast and the Furious 7. Okay, speaking of our side in a cast, Kuko is voiced by Travis Willingham, who is also King Roland from Sophia the First. I see Wormwood up there in the sky. Also, a fun fact that Queen Camilla voice actor Rita Moreno. So now, my little cookie, here is an old-fashioned letter from me to you. Is also Cookie Booker from Carmen San Diego, who has Jenna Rodriguez in it too. Woo-hoo. Oh, how amazing nice. these voice actors are, right? So and they are just talent. absolutely so talented. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys have had a lot of, oh, that's where I've heard the actor before moments. Because <laughs> <laughs> I certainly have. <laughs> Yay! Thank okay. you so much, Chrissy. Woohoo! Amazing. really cool. It's just like I was sitting there thinking, man, I have heard that voice before. And I was like, does everybody know who this person is? (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Okay. Our lovely Georgia has been doing some amazing research on name meanings and what they mean for our main cast. Take it away, Lady G. Woo! (laughs) Thank you, Chrissy. So I think it was about time that, you know, with all the symbolism we talk about in the previous episodes of the show, it was about time that we talk about the name meanings. They may be intentional, they may be unintentional, Mm -hmm. but either way, it's a rather fun topic to talk about. (laughs) So with no further ado, we proceed with our favorite princess, whose name I think is... You know, I, I think you will agree that <laughs> is more than intentional. Her name is Elena, mm-hmm. which is a variant of the Greek Eleni or El- Elena, which means uh, signing light or torch. It's fitting to the symbolism of the show. I wonder why. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we mentioned it in the last book podcast analysis by Becky. Uh, Elena is the torch guiding her people, a symbol of hope for everyone. Her parents signing light. It's just, it's just mm-hmm. amazing. There could not be a more fitting name than that. Gosh, absolutely. Then we got Matteo, whose name is a bit weirder to associate since it's the Spanish version of the Hebrew name Matthew which means gift of God (laughs) yes Mateo truly is a gift I would agree with that (laughs) (laughs) I am not surprised and I agree (laughs) you know uh, we know that his original name was Marco and was changed uh, during production because Star vs. the Forces of Evil was released and had uh, the protagonist uh, of the same name. So Marco's origin is unsure, but I believe his actual name is even more fitting. It has, you know, the Hispanic roots, but also Mateo truly is a gift, a gift. He has the gift of magic, has a natural talent for it, and he's also, however, a valuable ally to Elena, helping her overcome magical mishaps and dangers. Definitely. Then we got our favorite captain of the Royal Guard, Gabriel Nunez. Gabriel (laughs) is also a Hebrew name that means God is my strength, which is a pretty accurate name considering Gabe's main trait is his physical strength as a guard. However, he's also a strong leader um, that inspires his troops and cares for them. He has courage and a really strong spirit, and I think is that's what defines him the most. As we saw in, you know, in the course of El Guapo, he was the fastest, he was the strongest, he deserved to be the royal guard, but however, he chose to help Rico, 
because his kindness and his soul is much stronger. Oh, George, that's gorgeous. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Then we got Isabel, which was kind of a difficult name because uh, it is of Hebrew origin also. It, it's from Elizabeth, meaning God is my oath. I don't know what you make of it, but it is a variant of a very royal name, and it's very cute for uh, a little girl like Isa. Uh, however, you could associate it with the fact that Isa is trustworthy and one of Elena's biggest sources of support and strength. Uh, their sister promises are what um, are something that is keeping Elena going uh, forward. All right, that's uh, the next one is one that I'm kind of I have theorized a lot about, but here it comes <laughs> near and dear to your yeah, heart. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay, so we got a Stefan, uh, whose name is also a name of Greek origin, derived from the Greek Stephanos, uh, meaning uh, crown or wrath. It's also Ooh, really uh, yeah. It's the second name of Greek origin, and like his cousin, it's like uh, it also starts with an E. So, <laughs> so I don't know if that's intentional, but so crown uh, is that like why they put crowns on his underwear in Island of Youth? <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Oh my gosh, <laughs> I wouldn't well be surprised <laughs> with the detail of the soul. Right. I, I guess we can all agree that it's a rather ironic name, considering he tried to steal the tiara to keep his past a secret and his past efforts to prove his uh, his worth against Elena in the first episode. You know, remember how he tried to undermine her a bit. Um, an interesting thing, though, is that Esteban is, in a way, the crown. Uh, let me explain. <laughs> like, we're going theory territory here. But when he took Suriki's side, he enabled her to take over the kingdom and thus the throne. And only when he switched to Elena's side did the revolution end, enabling Elena to get her kingdom back. He was also the one to announce her rule uh, to the people of Avalor. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but in a sense, he kind of go is a package deal with a crown. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, next up we got Naomi, our favorite councilwoman and best friend, with a name that's also of Hebrew origin, meaning pleasantness. Uh, which is quite ideal, considering she's always the one to reply with a joke, snarky or light-hearted comment with her friendly uh, teasing, lightening up the mood, it's time. This is true. <laughs> right? Unless you get on her bad side, then she's pretty much the opposite of pleasant, and y'all better watch out for crossbows. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Good Things is also an optimist, trying to find a solution for any kind of problem thinking out of the box. So I think you're on your good side, unless you are, unless you anger her. <laughs> All right, next up, our favorite abuelo, Francisco, from the Latin name Franciscus, which means Frenchman. Rather funny, huh? <laughs> I guess French people are known for their culture and the arts, which is very nice for Francisco's romantic, musically inclined soul. Keep on rocking, abuelo. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I think it's also interesting to note that the name Francisco is sometimes translated as free one in addition to Frenchman. So even more interesting to me is that it turned up in my search as a name inspired by Shakespeare, since it appeared in both Hamlet and The Tempest. Though both minor characters, one Francisco was a soldier or guard, and the other was a minor lord, and both of those kind of fit our beloved abuelo status in the show. Oh, hmm. this is perfect, Becky. That's, that's a great point. I, I wouldn't have thought 
thought of that. But it definitely sounds like Francisco. And Francisco would be nothing without his beloved Luisa. Uh, his name is uh, the feminine form of Luis, a name derived from the German Ludwig, meaning famous warrior. One would think, <laughs> yeah, one would think of this as a name perfect for Gabe, but luckily Luisa is quite a feisty grandma. <laughs> She is. She's supportive and strong for uh, for her family. Having gone through the death of two of her daughters is also tough as nails, allable coats, and her temper. Better not mess with Abuela. <laughs> She's sweet and her food is delicious, but she does have a warrior inside. Hmm. Especially in the allable game. Right? Hey, oh mama. my goodness, do not cross <laughs> She's going to take that trophy. And finishing off, we got our beloved uh, Sirena siblings, Marisa and Marcel. Marisa is a name of Latin origins, meaning of the sea. Well, Marisa is a mermaid, <laughs> but in Song of the Sirena, she is the, also the main representative of the underwater kingdom of Coronado. And the person trying to make amends and fix relationship between sea and land. So... She is the sea to Elena's land dynamic, which is absolutely perfect. Oh, yeah, well done. And then Marzell, well, that was kind of a difficult one, and Becky has some ideas on that too. Uh, from what I found, Mar, just like his sister's name, means sea in Spanish. He's a mermaid prince and a future king, so that is not well adapted to land. So. The closest uh, I could find to the Zell part, however, is that he could be connected to the Latin Zealous, uh, which means zeal. Honestly, it is kind of fitting because Zell means um, devotion uh, uh, for a person or cause or ideal or determination in its furtherance. And Marcel, as a future ruler, wants what is best for his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And as seen in the episode, he was, kind of, um, he was quite eager to make his father proud as well. Yeah, this is absolutely true. So um, I did a little research, you know, when I was trying to, when we were working on this, and I also found that Marcel is a derivative of the name Marcel, like M-A-R-C-E-L, or Marcus, which means dedicated to Mars, who is the god of war, which... To me, while Marzell seems like more of a peacemaker, I think he certainly has a warrior's heart. Loyal, brave, and true. Yeah, he will sure defend his kingdom if mm-hmm. he needs to, as seen in the movie. Yep. Thank you, Becky. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you, Georgia and Becky. I just love how the studied names are based off the ocean. Very cool. Okay, let's move on to the upcoming episode, Moving On Up. We had some amazingly crazy speculations on what this plot could be. Dun, dun, dun. Take it away, <laughs> Lady J. So we are so excited for the new episode that's coming up, um, moving on up. So initially, we had come up with a bunch of speculations about what this episode was going to be. So that was before we got um, the actual summary of the episode. Yeah. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to go over some of the speculations that we had um, initially. I'm sure you remember <laughs> there were some good ones. <laughs> yes. So um, initially, some of those speculations that we had were, um, you know, that Delgado's moving on up in the magic Malago world um, with the help of, you know, Mommy Delgado. I don't know. We don't have a name for her yet, right? Right. I don't think she has a name yet. She's just Mommy Delgado. And even that's like informal, like, you know, not official. (laughs) I know. She didn't have to take the Delgado name now that I'm thinking about it. Exactly. She could, (laughs) she could be like, you know, some wizard name. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'd be checking. But... (laughs) That was initial one. Um, 
then we thought <laughs> this is probably a little far-fetched but you know we like to have our fun with our speculation <laughs> but so the next one we had was like Mateo has a chance to show off his Olabaugh moves that we saw in Blockhead <laughs> and it's handpicked by Luisa to join the team for the next tournament. I'm pretty sure that was a Chrissy yeah. speculation. <laughs> Chrissy. <laughs> I love you for that. Right. Um, you know, it can't be too far-fetched. I mean, it would be nice to have all of Team Avalor on the team. <laughs> that would be really fun, actually. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else did we have? Gabe comes home and makes some tamales that Aww. he missed out on Navidad. And yeah, imagine if we were thinking the castle, castle chef is so impressed with his baking skills that they ask him to become the chief captain tamale maker. <laughs> I Second think Louisa would get jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's the one that recruits him. Ah, there you go. <laughs> like, you can't take my title. <laughs> Alas. Or, since we know that this is probably coming up some way or another, you know, mm. since Cruz has kind of been kicked out of his position as next chief of right. the Jacobins. But, you know, we also thought maybe this would be a prelude to um, Chief Mix, Daddy Mix. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Chief Daddy is the song that um, Gia Lopez was singing on Twitter. I think it was Twitter um, a few months ago. Oh. And That's it's right. for an episode called um, Father in Chief, I think, from season three. Oh. Or maybe it's season two. I honestly don't know which season it is. It could be any. Yeah. At this point. Yeah, We're right? just speculating. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, or it could also potentially be like Skylar moving into the leadership position. You know, his dad is like Jacqueline King. <laughs> right. And he's been ruling for 50 years. That's a long time. That is time for even, some fresh faces. Right? Do we no. even know how old Jacqueline's lived to be? No, actually. You know, I kind of wondered that ever since we saw Secret of Avalor. Right. You know, they sounded like they'd been around for a while, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but alas, none of that was meant to be. <laughs> and for the, for the better, our, honestly. Yeah, that's fine. Because we, okay, we, we, have, we have the real summary now. Yes, and I'm so excited for it. No. Uh, the actual summary for the episode is when Elena invites Mateo to move into his own royal wizard quarters ah, within the palace. <laughs> Headcanon confirmed. His... <laughs> okay, his mother assumes that she's invited to move in too. Awkward. <laughs> but I'm so excited for this episode. Just because I think yes. we've been waiting for it since, like, oh, my God, how long has it been? Like, a year? Oh, I know. God, two years? more than a no, year. No, not two years. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's been at least a year and a half because it was when you and I first started talking and you were drawing that um, Rafa and Mateo baby picture that Craig yes. Gerber tweeted about basically an episode that was going to explore their relationship at the end of 2018. Yes, exactly. And oh, we've been waiting ever since then. No, we're finally getting it. Yes. Insert me. <laughs> it's been 84 years. <laughs> we've been waiting. <laughs> it feels that way. But yes. Yeah. Ah, yes. So I'm so excited for all the mommy son feels that no doubt we're going to get with this episode. I'm kind of curious to see how this one's going to play out. Right. You know? Like, what kind of, also just, like, awkward, awkward, funny moments. Like, Mom, you yes. weren't invited. <laughs> I was yeah. that oh, going to go over? Can you imagine? <gasps> Who's going to say it? Right? Is Who's going to be Mateo? the one to break the news? Elena? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. 
Maybe it'll be Naomi. Yeah. Naomi's good at saying things straight. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty good about being blunt. So. <laughs> all right, so we all saw how like attached Mateo was to his mom with the uh, snow place like home. <laughs> So I'm kind of curious, you know, if he's even going to want to, he better want to. Right. Yeah. I'm just like... kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding, but. Uh... Uh, yeah. I I think it's going to be hard for him, but I think it'll be good growth for him in the end. Like he's 18 years old. And so, you know, every kid has to, you know, have that step. And it's so relatable. It is. Ultimately, we got to let those kids spread their wings. Right. And fly. <laughs> Yeah, coming yeah. from a couple of the mamas in the group. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and, and I mean, really, I'm just like picturing it like, sure, I can send you off to, you know, like battle the evil sorceress and rescue the princess and do all these other like, you know, scary battle things. But moving out of the house across town. Oh, my God. No, I know. <laughs> That's just too Without much. Me. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah, we're all excited here. We I are. hope you guys are excited. Yes. Uh-huh. Thank you, Jenny. I can't wait to see this one. Oh maybe God. some Delgado Malvago lessons. Or maybe some Mateo Oliver moves, like Magical Mateo or Mateo Madness another time. <laughs> okay, but seriously, this new episode is going to make us cry all over again. Okay, let's turn the mic over to Bicky for Twitter, Twitter, Twitter time. Woohoo! Thanks, Chrissy. Sing it, girl. So, um, last month, or a few weeks ago, or I don't know, time's really flying by, so I've kind of lost track of where we are during the year. Um, Recently, on Twitter and Instagram, we had a poll for who is the biggest, baddest EOA villain of all time, and I know y'all are dying to know who won the tournament. Funny thing is, um, our Twitter audience had a different opinion than our Instagram audience, so we have two different results. On Twitter, the winner is, drumroll please, Carla Delgado. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. no. Yes. And on Instagram, shocker of all shockers was Shariki. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> right. Expected. But, wow, Carla bit Shariki on Twitter. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, to honor the. Um, recent sirena episode two left fins um we will be playing a little a fun little game what is your sirena name it'll be coming up on our social media pages soon so make sure you tune in for that and over on discord we um the week up to valentine's day we will be hosting a ship appreciation week so head over to the discord server and share your appreciation for your favorite elena Valor ships um, more details about that on the discord server and i just wanted to share a quick little teaser of our next episode we have um a Valentine's appreciation episode. We'll actually be releasing that in the next few weeks. And the theme is ships, ships, nothing but ships. So tune in for that, where we talk about our favorite um, Elena Valvalor ships and other um, Valentine's Day related things in that episode. We're super excited to share that with you guys. And we'll also have some guest um, commenters from throughout the fandom. So you won't want to miss this. Quick footnote. 
we do not mean uh, like the wayfarer or such <laughs> ships. We mean actual ships. <laughs> yeah, we're so doing this bold move. <laughs> we will also yes, we will also define ship and all that other fandom terminology in the episode. So, so yeah, <laughs> you don't want to miss that one. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, podcast princesses, for being so awesome. <laughs> we really can't wait to show you what we got in store. So thank you to all our listeners for all over the world. You guys are amazing. We can't wait for you to join us next time. And do not forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram in between episodes for more discussions, fun games, and resources you don't want to miss. Your feedback is also greatly appreciated. Until next time, wings up, amigos! Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.